according to Luke. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had a moment when you just looked at something? Something in scripture, perhaps, or some notice about life that had just come your way? and found yourself saying, Jesus, why? That was my week as I prepared today's sermon, except I stuck around for the answer. It began on Wednesday when I looked at the readings for today for the first time. Jesus, why, I moaned. Why, what, I imagined Jesus answering, although you know he knew exactly what I was talking about. Why these readings? Why now? Aren't you supposed to be the warm and fuzzy incarnation of God? And in my imagination, I imagine Jesus looking at me sternly, You have me confused with a sheep, said Jesus. I am the shepherd. I lead the sheep. Some of you are quite good sheep, warm and fuzzy. Some are still lambs, a little naive. 
and some of you are big old rams with strong horns wanting to butt everyone out of their little corner of the pasture. Boy, are they hard to lead. I have to lay down my line, my, the line with some of them, poke them with my staff. Sometimes I even have to send my sheepdogs, the prophets, down to them. It hurts a bit, but it's for their own good. If they don't stay with the flock, they'll get lost or hurt or worse. I do love my sheep, even those stubborn old rams. I got the feeling maybe he was talking about me a little bit. And so I resisted to ur the urge to point out that rams are boy sheep, and I most certainly am not a ram because it occurred to me that that response would make me sound a little too ram-like, after all. And so instead, I got to the matter at hand. But what about this reading, Jesus? Dividing households, fighting in-laws, parents against children. Isn't home supposed to be a sanctuary? People around here usually feel like home is the one place where they can be safe and loved. They work hard to keep their families safe, to give their kids lots of opportunities, to make sure that they have resources for unexpected emergencies or medical crises. They want the best for their families and they think that's important. Heck, they love their families. Aren't you supposed to be all about love? And I imagined that Jesus responded, I am about love. Love for all people. Love that lets people be honest and vulnerable. And in particular, I'm about loving the people who are the most vulnerable. People for whom families aren't safe places to be. People who pe feel pressure from their families. Seriously, said Jesus, have you read your own newspapers? There are lots of families that aren't helping each other be the people God calls them to be. Families where children are abused. Families where love is conditional. Where a person is loved one minute and told he or she is worthless the next. That's not love. That's not what I'm about. I'm about the kind of love that builds up. The kind of love that makes people feel safe enough to trust others with their seemingly impossible dreams. The kind of love that helps people accomplish them. I'm about the kind of love that sees people hurting and works to make them feel better. 
there's not a lot of that in the world. When I was alive, Jesus continued, and in the 300 years after my death, it was dangerous to be a Christian. For some people, becoming Christian would mean that their family would turn their backs and disinherit them. Their community would shun them. Girls were forced into marriages with non-Christians and tortured if they, were, if they refused. In those days, people would read my words. They would hear me say, from now on, five in one household will be divided. And they would think, Jesus knew there would be problems like this. I'm not alone. Maybe I'm not wrong for standing up for my faith, even if that means taking a stand against my family. Now, by this point, I was feeling pretty bad. After all, being schooled by Jesus is not often comfortable, just ask any of the disciples. But like them, I felt the need to ask for even more clarification. But Jesus, you, came to bring, you said you came to bring fire to the earth. You said you wished it were kindled. Fire is a devastating thing. We've had families who lost homes to fire. People want to feel safe. Why would you say something that sounds so threatening? And again, I imagined Jesus looking at me with compassion and saying, for the last few weeks, you've been reading my lessons on priorities how I taught Mary and Martha that it was better to spend time with me than to worry about being the perfect hostess. How I taught the disciples to pray, to remember God and seek God's kingdom before seeking things out for themselves. I told the parable of the man with the abundant produce who never thought of anything but himself. But time and time again, those who have heard me have had a hard time prioritizing God and God's priorities. People tend to prioritize during crises. Usually during a fire, people will try to grab that which is most important before running out. You hear stories of parents returning to a burning building to rescue their infants, or people running back to rescue a beloved pet. You rarely hear of a person running into a burning building to rescue a briefcase, or an award, or a stack of files. In a fire, you remember that relationships are important. Love is important. That man from the parable a few weeks ago, the one who spent all his time tearing down storehouses to build bigger storehouses for his produce, 
Will his vegetables return his love? Will his grain care for him in his old age and pray for him when he gets sick? That man, he could have used a fire. It would have reminded him to stop worshiping wealth, to stop devoting time to it, and to turn to God and neighbor instead. I know many of your parish have homes that are refuges from the world. That is important for them to feel safe there, to have space, to be family together, and to nourish each other. They need those homes, those sanctuaries, because the rest of the world is full of pressure. You may not have Roman emperors demanding obedience today, but you have harsh bosses demanding unethical behavior. Society may not be pressuring you to sacrifice to pagan gods, but it demands that you give your time to many other things that are not from God. It takes strength to fight those things, I know. Those are the things I want to destroy, said Jesus. The things that are destroying the love of God. The things that pit one person against another. Jesus paused thoughtfully. You know, he said, you talk a lot about the peace of God. Have you ever really thought about what it means? I don't think I can really explain it to you. It's so much more than you can imagine. There's no anxiety anywhere. Nobody worrying about getting their next meal because everybody has enough food. But it also means that nobody is afraid to share because there is always enough. It means that everybody feels loved and appreciated. But it also means that nobody feels they need to bully anyone or prove that they are better than anyone else. It means that nobody is perfect but God, and yet everybody is loved and valued as they are. Nobody needs to be more than God created them to be. Jesus gave me a knowing look and said, I think you might find the peace of God to be profoundly unsettling. To be honest, I was already a little unsettled by that point. Long conversations with Jesus can be that way, but they give you a lot to think about. We tend to shy away from those long conversations nowadays with anyone, really. We stop talking with relatives with whom we disagree. 
we do our best to avoid neighbors rather than talk about that thing that they do that bothers us so much. It is much the same with scripture. It is easy to pigeonhole scripture to make God and Jesus simple one-dimensional characters. And then when something challenges us, whether it's a passage from scripture that conflicts with what we want scripture to say, or a life event that makes us question whether there even is a God that loves us, we often just shut down and avoid that conversation. But the Bible is filled with people who engaged in that conversation, who didn't always get it right but kept trying to understand people who were challenged by God and kept the faith, who stayed in conversation with God, trying to understand even when everything seemed challenging. In Hebrews, we hear about the great cloud of witnesses, the people who lived in faith even though they did not understand. Today's scripture readings are for the people who struggle to be faithful, who see the world as it is and think that it is horribly unjust, for the people who have to fight to be the people God created them to be. Today's readings are a promise that God knows that it can be hard to and a struggle to follow Christ, but they are the promise that it will be worth it in the end. Today's readings remind us that Jesus never said that following the way of God would be easy. It cost him his life, but it brought him peace. Today, we are challenged to keep engaging in that conversation with God, to keep running the race, to persevere despite the challenges. And we do so because we know that God will bring us peace and justice in the end. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and turning to page 358, let us affirm our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. 